0: kids, every time I sit down to write, I wish it were easier. One of my most common thoughts is that I just wish there were an instruction book. I was a gold star student back in the day. Tell me how many words to write and I'm on it, teach! Sadly, writing does not work that way. But Jenny Nash's books, Blueprint for a Book, Blueprint for Nonfiction, and her newest, Blueprint for a Memoir, really are the closest thing I've found to a guide for getting through draft after draft. I start with them and i go back to them when i'm stuck the blueprints keep me on track and help me write the book i set out to write for the readers i hope to reach they give me tools to figure out the answers to questions that i've been known to avoid like why now and why does the reader care but even more than that the blueprints serve as a reminder that while writing a book is hard it is doable it's not magic and there's no news. There's just going at it again and again until you get it done. Look for them on Amazon or at your bookseller of choice. Links in the show notes for details. Hey, I'm KJ Delantonia, and this is Hashtag AmWriting, the weekly podcast about writing all the things, short things, long things, pitches, proposals of the podcast about sitting down and getting your work done. Um, and I am, as I previously stated, KJ Del Antonia, not soloing today, but hold for it, hold for it. Um, I am the author of the novels, The Chicken Sisters in Her Boots and the forthcoming in the fall of 2023, Playing the Witch Card, as well as the nonfiction book, How to Be a Happier Parent. And with me today, and I'm delighted to have her, is Jenny Nash, author of many things, uh, leader of many people. Tell us, uh, give, give the basic bio for those that have not already heard you a thousand times, Jenny.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that on every name tag that I have to fill out for the rest of <laughs> Author time. Author of leader. many things, leader of many people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to write. That's, that's it. Uh, thank you for having me. I am the founder and CEO of Author Accelerator, which is a company trying to lead the emerging book coaching industry and succeeding at that. As we, as we go along, and I am the author of many things and leader of many people, so thank you for having me back for this summer.
0: So, and the many things include novels, memoirs, and nonfiction, so making you really the, the, perfect, the perfect guest. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> All right, so today we are gonna talk about uh, Stalking the Wild Idea. Ideas, ninety percent, but not the whole thing. Um, ideation, ideology. No, I guess not ideology. I just uh, um, all the ideas. Yeah, I get I get so uh, excited about this topic, and so just as a intro to the eight, seven, seven episodes that are going to follow this one. Jenny and I and a variety of other people have sat down to talk about how we um how we get ideas, how we shape ideas, um and the need to sit with and spend time on coming uh, on on refining and creating and evolving and perfecting an idea ideally before you write and or sometimes after you've written, and always during the writing. And that is going to encompass uh, many episodes about fiction ideas, uh, episodes about memoir ideas, and episodes about coming up with nonfiction ideas. But this today is going to be our our sales pitch to you about taking the time to get the idea right no matter where you are in the process. It turns
1: out that that is the work of writing. I think it's the central work of writing. You know, we can talk all day about habits and getting work done. We can talk about craft and writing well. We can talk about positioning and marketing and publishing and all of the ways to get books into readers' hands. We can talk about social media and promotion. Like there's so many parts to to being a writer and being a published writer. And I think this is the most important.
0: Yeah, um, if those of you who are, are really regular listeners will have heard an episode a few weeks back that was an outlining episode uh, or, um, yeah, it was an outlining episode that Serena and Jess and I did together where we, Serena and I really sat down with Jess and talked to her about how to um, work with this Fiction project that she's coming up with, because she's very familiar obviously with working with nonfiction, and we talked about the difference there. but there was a moment in that when i um I said one of my new favorite like discoveries as a writer, and the biggest post-it that exists on my desktop right now, which is good writing comes last.
1: Yes, yes
0: um, I yeah, anytime you hear me talk, I will tell you that my primary challenge as a writer is that I'm really good. How's that? Um, I could sit down write. You could give me a topic and I could write you a scene with dialogue and people and they will move around and they will drink their coffee and they will do great things and they will be interesting and entertaining and even a little funny and they will have some personality. You will want to keep reading. But whether that scene has anything to do with anything else, that that's my challenge. So part of that is the idea and then part of that is the story structure, which, you know, about which listen to other episodes. But right now we're gonna we're gonna focus on this this idea piece, this knowing why you're here and what the heck you're doing, whether you're trying to write a novel, a mem- memoir, or something
1: in the nonfiction genre. So before we, well, I guess not before. To me, <laughs> the first question is, good writing comes last. But the objection I hear all day long is, but Jenny, if I stop and I think and I plan and I do all these things, I'm going to lose my momentum. I'm going to lose the momentum and the mojo. I'm going to, it's not creative. It's like, don't pen me in all of those objections. What do you say about those objections?
0: Well, first I fall over at the idea that it's not creative because that is the that is the creating it really 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 is um it, you know finding fe- finding the way that you want to tell the story or convey the idea or tell your story it's so hard and so when i hear that what i hear is um is uh, as stephen press would say press is pressfield press field. Uh, that's that's the resistance the writing that the, the the letting words flow piece of creativity is an easier piece of creativity than than the figuring out what it is those words are for and about. And so this is this is my exciting moment to read to you all from um, Jenny's latest nonfiction book, which is called "Memoir uh, uh, Blueprint." Memoir memoir. Give me the Blueprint title, for a end? memoir. Okay, and we'll be talking about that later later on in a in a later episode. But so. Jenny says, she describes these writers who are resisting this um, process of coming up with the idea. And let me just say, you can do them both at once. So don't run away if you don't. We're not proposing, like, outlines like your teacher make, used to make you do before you put down, um, you know, a single word on paper. You have to learn the Roman number. I outline. No, no, no. You, I do them both at once. Um, most of us, I think, do them both at once and constantly and in and out and back and forth. But anyway... So this is, this is Jenny on the topic of the writer who does not wish to refine their idea. She says, they start, uh, and even while they're trying to do it, they start slipping into the writing of the whole draft of a book, a show, so-called shitty first draft or vomit draft. There are a lot of people who advise this as a good way to start a book because after all, it means that you are writing. But, says Jenny, I am not one of them. And oh my gosh, I'm not either. Not anymore. As she says... It takes so much work to sort out 50 or 100 or 250 pages of aimless writing and figure out what is there and what is missing and what to do with it all. And this is just me talking again because I have been there. That is the first draft of the Chicken Sisters we are talking about right there. And maybe I've been in her boots too. So back to Jenny. And the path to doing that deciphering, asking her blueprint questions, or working your way to an idea. And as she says, often throwing out most of what is on the page or painstakingly snipping out the parts that work. (laughs) Which I've just, that, that, that idea, the throwing out of what is on the page or painstakingly snipping out the parts that work, that is such a description of some of the most painful bits of writing. Even when you've done this idea thing, the more of that you can slow down and not have to do, the better. So now one last Jenny quote. This is a plea to slow down. It's a plea to think before you write. If you take just a few weeks to work through this, you'll be much closer to writing a book that stands a chance in the marketplace. Woo! Waving of flags. So this podcast and the seven that will follow it are a plea to slow down no matter where you are in the process and figure out what
1: it is you're doing and why. There's a fantastic book that I talk about all the time by Rachel Aaron, which is called 2,000 to 10,000. That's what I always Oh, I love that too. Yes. And it's a tiny little book, and it is a fabulous book, and I think it is a really important book actually because what she does is she proves with her own production she she does a scientific experiment with her own writing production on what it means to do the thinking and the and the idea generating and understanding before you start sit down to write and she proves to herself that The 2,000 to 10,000 is words in a writing session. And she was able to go from 2,000 words to 10,000 words when she divided up that work. This is the thing. Yeah, Serena and I talk about
0: this all the time. This is the thing we talk about with pre-writing. The book, by the way, is from 2K to 10K.
1: Just Okay, got it, it. got it.
0: We talk about this all the time with the pre-writing. And that is where you sit down and go, okay, you know, basically, this is what I want to write today. And you can write it in those exact words. Like, today it's going to be the scene where they get in the car and they go and they kill the guy and they take the cannoli. And by the end, they're going to realize that they really should have killed the cannoli and taken the guy. Whatever. And, and you, you write that and then it just, you know, it gives some shape and form to your whole day. So that's like small eye I, I idea, you know, knowing what you're doing before you, before you do it.
1: Right, and we're talking about doing that on a whole book level of yeah. big getting I the idea. idea. Big eye idea. Yeah, yeah, which is which is different from, in a later episode, we will talk about a big idea versus, or a big book versus mm. a, a mm-hmm. small book, and that's not what we're talking about here. That That is a distinction that sometimes in nonfiction you have to think about. We're talking about your big idea of your book, your overall, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And and not getting sucked into plot level or on the nonfiction side, argument level or on the memoir side, this story, that story, this memory, that memory, just holding yourself back from getting into that and thinking about what the idea really is and, and why you're doing that and what it all means. That's that's what our series is about. And we do have some really excellent conversations coming around this. But before we get into those excellent conversations, what do you think the danger of not doing this is from your point of view? It sounds like you've had some painful experiences with that.
0: Well, and even when I have an idea, um, so yeah, I mean, I, there's there is actually no getting around the throwing around, out most of what is on the page and painstakingly snipping out the parts that work. It's just how much you're gonna do it and how long it's going to take. So, uh, you know, the danger of just plunging in in writing is, you know, a uh, hundred thousand words of carpal tunnel syndrome in the wrong direction. It's ending up with something that isn't what you meant to end up with, or something that. say, and I've said this before, like I write to be published. Um, and if that was indie publishing, that would be, that would also be fine. But I write to be read. I am not writing for the joy of writing. I am not writing, um, you know, because I have some specific thing that I, I mean, I've got a lot of things I need to say. Um, All the time, constantly. But I'm writing to be read. So it's very easy to end up with 100,000 words. That While, like I said, you could grab any chunk of them and it would be totally readable. It's good writing. People don't stick with 100,000 words of free form, you know, structureless, pointless narration in any form. I guess unless you're, I mean... Experimental literary fiction, okay, maybe. There's some book, I put, I pulled it out at a used bookstore the other day. I don't remember what it was, but it won the Booker Prize at some point. I'll try to look it up, but it is literally, I'm holding my fingers out, it's three or four inches thick. It is one woman musing while washing the dishes in a single sentence for more than a thousand pages. What? It's, it's... To, to my mind, the last, I mean, this is James Joyce to the nth umthienth degree. It exists. I remember it when it came out and people were like, this is amazing. This is how women really think. I'm not sure it was a woman that wrote it. I, we won't get into that, but I, and I picked it up and I was like, just opening it to random pages and, Yeah, it kind of is the way my mind really works, but I don't want that, you know. If I just want to listen to my own head, I got, that's, you know, I'm I'm, I'm set. Thank you. Anyway, (laughs) that's one book out of however many zillions. And while it may have won prizes, I guarantee to you it did not sell very many copies. And, you know, it is not... I would like to write things that are sitting on everyone's shelves, right? I would like to... You know, I would like Stephen King or Malcolm Gladwell or uh, Nathaniel Hildebrand, I don't know, the guy who writes the big biographies. You can, there are hugely successful books that people really want to read in every genre. That, that's what we're talking about. That's what, that's the goal. If your goal is 10,000 pages of stream of consciousness, then you, you don't, A, you're probably not here to begin with, and B, you don't need this.
1: Yeah, Apparently. I mean, I, I actually think that that question is one of the first questions you you must ask yourself about your idea: is Do I care so much about this particular idea? Like, let's, let's say your idea is I'm going to write a one sentence, thousand page thing about washing the dishes and stream of consciousness. Like, let's say that's your that's your idea, and and everybody and and their brother and sister tell you that's going to be really hard to publish and you are saying I don't care it's what I want to do it's what I am called to do I feel fierce about this I have reasons for wanting to do this I can imagine it I can picture it and I don't care if it's hard to sell I don't care if it never sells I will publish it myself like if that's what you're thinking then by all means that's what you should do and and I guess and then, then that's your idea <laughs> that's your idea, right? The yeah. the reason that we're talking about batting ideas around and shaping them and crafting them and structuring them and playing with them and that we can do this for eight episodes <laughs> or more, we could have done this for a lot more episodes, is is that 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 work is is the work, that work of figuring out, is that what I want? Is that what I am called to do? Do I want to spend the next three years of my life writing that, I'm thinking three years, thousand pages, <laughs> like writing that sentence and, and doing what needs to be done to make it the best it can be. Is that, is that my path? And, and being honest with yourself. I think a lot of people get into trouble because they're muddy about their goals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, well, I'm just writing this thing or the story. Or I just have this idea or it's been in my head for a while and I just sort of want to see, or I just want to get it down or I just want to try. And and then there's a, another part of them saying it's going to be discovered and it's going to be lifted up and everyone's going to read it and I'm going to quit my day job. And uh, I actually just just saw the video of um, Verge- Vergesi's new novel called mm, mm-hmm. uh, The Covenant Wa- of Water Yeah, mm-hmm. was just picked as Oprah's 101st book club pick. And, and there's this video where they're talking about it Oprah and Bergesi. And, and he says that when she called, he fell to his knees and was weeping that, that, that the book was picked. And, and I was looking at that video and thinking, secretly, that's what we all want. Mm -hmm. Secretly, that is what every single person who, who writes wants. But some of us are, are more honest with ourselves about that, or, uh, you know, so I think people get into trouble oh, I, when they,
0: yeah. We all secretly think that we're the genius who can write um, right. a thousand pages, uh, a thousand pages of a single long sentence with brief clauses that start with the phrase that the fact that more than nineteen thousand times. I just looked the, the book up. It's called Ducks Newberry Port, and it's by Lucy Elman, and it didn't win the Booker. It um it was shortlisted though, and people, uh, you know. Great, but so we all secretly think that that's us, or that we are the our are, um, Elizabeth Gilbert and our memoir of our travels is gonna is going to be, you know, spontaneously. So we sort of all secretly think that, and also secretly think that it's all terrible at the same time. That's um, true. That's true. And, <laughs> and so did those writers, and 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 that's the way it goes. And you really have to. Um, I think it is on us as writers and people who want to to speak to readers it is on us to do absolutely everything we can to write something that is going to work is going to to do that magic thing of getting what's in your head to time travel into and and and, you know ESP travel into another person's head, which is what a book does. So even if you are going to be Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Vergesi, or, you know, you are going to be right, pictor- whatever, it's still on you to do everything you can to do this as best as you possibly can
1: first. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to say something about something you just said. You said do everything you can to make it work. And what I think a lot of new writers don't understand is that there are subjective things that make writing work. Yes. There, there are... Object- learnable,
0: subjective... But, no, objective. Objective. Did I say that That's wrong? what you want. You did. You want I did. Objective. I said it
1: wrong. <laughs> yeah. There are I learnable,
0: wanted- objective things that will make something work that you can learn and apply to your
1: work. Yes, yes. Thank you for correcting me. I said that wrong. It is, it is. There are objective things that people can learn how to do. And oftentimes writers hide behind that subjective reality where, where they're like, well, that's just your opinion, or that's just my reader's opinion, or my writer group opinion, or my editor's opinion, or my, opinion, or, my agent's opinion. And there are, there are the subjective realities or are people's, opinions but there's also things you need to learn how to do and and that's the work is to do them and it starts with the fact that some ideas are better than others and some ideas can be shaped to be improved
0: yeah and some ideas are too broad when you begin with them and some ideas are too narrow when you begin with them so you need to spend some time with the idea before, during, and after every draft.
1: <laughs> That's very well said. That is so, so. That is so well said. Can we
0: quickly just sort of define ideas in the three genres that we're talking about? So, in the world of nonfiction,
1: um, what is what is what is an idea? Yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good question. So, so in in. The world of nonfiction, there's there's going to be different categories. So there might be, I want to write a biography of this person. I, I just heard somebody with that idea. A baseball player, a particular niche kind of player from a particular place, and, and a story about this baseball player. See, so but
0: right there, you narrowed that down. So... A biography of a baseball player, even if the baseball player is a very specific individual human being, that's not an idea. A a biography of a baseball player who existed in this particular place and time and was important because of his relationship to that uh, place and time. And he's almost certainly a he because that's how the history of baseball Baseball. works.
1: Um, That is at least the start of an idea. That's right. And then there's going to be ideas. Um, I was just speaking to a scientist who spent his entire career researching a particular human behavior that I don't want to say out loud because I don't have the right to do so. But a body of work and trying to figure out how to present a body of work to be consumed by a particular audience also shaping the idea. The body of work wanting to convey that, but how do we do that? What is the... What, is, what are the outlines and form of that? So this That's can be un- easier to see when we look at a big idea book. So say that we look
0: at the book um, Quiet by Susan Kane. So, you know, she maybe started out with, well, I want to write about introversion. And then, well, okay. But, I mean, what about it? Like, the you know, the, the history of it, the definition of it. Uh, is it a pathology? Do you want to write about changing it? Do you want to write about... Uh, you know, overcoming it. No, she wanted to write about the power of introverts, you know, the power of introverts in a noisy world. But I don't, it's, the subtitle is something well, I, like that.
1: So I actually love that example. It's it's a very good example because that book could have gone in so many different directions. Right. Could and it could be a
0: memoir. Could have, I mean, it turned out to be a big book, but I don't think that yeah. was obviously a big book.
1: Yeah. And our friend Lisa Belkin has just come out with a book that a nonfiction book about a murder and a and a um investigation genealogy of a murder of some, that's the title mm-hmm. uh, of some people that she knows and in, is involved with so all so many different could have been a novel could have been a memoir could have been she's a journalist and and loves the idea and realities of reporting. So it, it became a reported book, but that that's what we're saying is there's no idea that, that is not shapeable. Uh, So, so in nonfiction, it's, it's really about what is the material? What is the intention? Who is that audience? You have to circle around those ideas because it can become so many different things. I happen to have a stack of nonfiction books about young women and money um in my house, which is really interesting, a little interesting subgenre. There's Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass with Money. Um there's this book called Miss Independent about learning how to manage your money. And I I happen to have all of these books because my adult daughters started asking a lot of questions about saving and not just budgeting but adult questions about 401ks and you know all those things once they get out into the real world and how does one manage their money and I felt absolutely ill-equipped to answer their questions and so I wanted to go out and educate my own self and there's so many books in the finance universe and I gravitated towards books that would speak to that demographic of where my children are and and I loved these books they are fabulous and they they're designed for a particular person and a particular reason at a particular moment in time. And that's that's on the nonfiction side how your ideas are going to be shaped. And you and, can get uh, into that
0: by writing 50 or 100 and 250 pages sort of aimlessly. Right. You can just sit down and go, well, I'm writing about introversion. And you can start with your own experience of it, and then maybe you can do some research and, and write about the research, and then you can, maybe you've interviewed some people, and you write about those, and then you look at it, and you're just like, well, this doesn't, nothing pulls the reader from that first story through the research to the next story. There's no through line. There's no, I mean, these are all words that people toss around. There's no three line. There's no structure. There's no trunk to the tree. But what that, means really is that there's no idea behind yeah. it or that maybe that's just another way to say the the same thing and they're really um i'm, I'm willing to bet you there's an idea behind the thousand pages of dishwashing
1: um stream of sure. and the way that ideas come into people's heads i, I mean i am a- absolutely endlessly fascinated about this particular thing and i know you mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert earlier in big magic. She has that kind of weird passage where she talks about ideas as sentient Mm -hmm. and that they're going to find you. And, but that idea, that idea is kind of a wacky, maybe it's true. I'm willing to buy it on some days, but how, how ideas come into our heads and usually there's some tiny little thing like a scenario or a, or a snippet or a a little tiny concept. The the book that I just mentioned, the Lisa Balcom book, you know, it was probably just nagging at her. This this thing that her stepfather told her one day and won't leave your head. And that's usually how it starts. And and that what, what you and I are talking about is what you do with that little nugget or snippet or thing is is what we're talking about here. Right. How do you take take that notion it's almost just a notion and turn it into a true idea
0: yeah because there is there is a gap between uh, an idea a concept, a notion a thing that won't stop nagging you so I um I, I guess I don't want to dive all the way into to
1: fiction yet but I don't know maybe maybe we should so let's just quickly go through it and and it, because we got to do memoir too yeah. and on memoir, the memoir is so close to to nonfiction that that I'll do that one next. But oftentimes, what people the reason people are drawn to write memoir is they think I went through this thing and I survived this thing, and I don't want anyone else to have to suffer, or I want them to learn, or I want to make meaning out I of want the them not to feel and, alone. Right, that I went through, and this is a fantastic impulse, but it's not an idea. Yeah. So on the on the memoir side, we have to figure out what's in it for the reader. How do we center the reader in that? Are you even doing it for a reader? Maybe you're not. And on the memoir side, you really have to be strict with yourself about that. And we'll get into that discussion another day. I almost so then think on that-
0: that's the one where you have to be most harsh about writing for a reader. You're If you're writing yes. for yourself, then you're, you're doing therapy. And that's... I mean, yes. And, and yes... Like, you know, do that. But in memoir, you really, you cannot, you can actually write a murder mystery or, you know, the genealogy of of a murder or a book about introversion for yourself. For you can write the book you want to read in those cases. I don't think you can do that with memoir. You really have to turn your focus outward because you're too close. You're too close to it. So you can't see... Um, what it is that someone else would want from it unless you put yourself in the the perspective of a write, a reader and it's you you absolutely
1: have to it's true, and on the fiction side, then the idea well we're going to have fun because you've been in this place with your writing life right now of finding a next idea, yeah, so how how does that go? It goes from snippets of Well, that's what I, I wanted to
0: start with uh, because we were talking about things that stuck with us, you for life. So um, I grew up going back and forth to a small town in Kansas, well, two small towns, Pittsburgh and Frontenac, uh, where my folks were born and raised and where there were two fried chicken restaurants named Chicken Mary's and Chicken Annie's. And that isn't an idea. And yet it, it, you know, that's the snippet. That was the notion. That was the thing that stuck with me. I had a file labeled Chicken Annie's because Chicken Annie's was one of the two that we went to the most starting, I think I looked at maybe in 2008, um, a really long time. And just like, okay, what, like, you know, what is this? I wanted to write a story about those. I didn't want to know the truth of it, um, you know, I just I want it, but but what is the story around? You could write, you could write a hundred stories around um, those restaurants. You know, you could you could look at a shelf of books and say, I'm going to write the story of Chicken Annie's and Mary Chicken Mary's in the style of X or in the style of Y or in the you know you could write a limerick You could write a thousand pages of stream of consciousness of the dishwasher <laughs> at Chicken Annie's. I'm going to beat that into just just I'm going <laughs> to beat that book, um, into a a pulp and there'll be a lot of it. So, but you could, like, you can do any of that. So you gotta, you gotta take that and figure out, well, which part of that do you want to spend, you know, like you said, two or three years of your life on? Do you, which part do you want to have? And I think I'm a great person to speak to this because, um, you know, because I did sort of write around it. I did not go through the process until after I had written a draft. Um, and then, you know, with my next book, I, I got really stuck on a notion and I kept trying to shape ideas to fit that notion. The, the notion being the idea of, um, it's called The Next Book is in Her Boots. And the notion was, someone, uh, has uh, an author has someone else pretend to be her for social media purposes, which <laughs> any author will understand is really appealing. Um, and honestly, I could write that book again. Like I could take that notion and make another story out of it and do something different. So, you know, I, I, I was sort of stuck on that as a, as a notion. And I think I struggled to turn it into an idea. Um, and then, then the, uh, the third one I did a little better, and the fourth one, which is the one I'm working on right now, and who knows what it'll end up being—the fourth one. But I would tell you, at least in terms of like idea to to execution, I'm doing, I'm 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 getting there. People, we're trying to save y'all, just a well, tiny bit,
1: just a tiny
0: bit, yes, if it's
1: possible. And and I think in in concluding this introduction, the the big idea to take away about ideas is that. They're hard to get right. They take effort and work, and it is 1,000% worth it to do that work and and learn how to get better at thinking about ideas. It's going to save time and frustration and agony and all kinds of things down the road. So that's what we're going to be leading people through in this series. Yes. So come
0: back. Next week or click forward to the next episode, depending on when you are um, listening to this. And we're going to start with fiction. We're going to move into, um, I'm getting them, get the order, other right? Things. Yeah, we're going to be other things. We're going to move into memoir and then we're going to finish up. Um, well, and then we're going to do some nonfiction and then we're going to go back to the question of fiction because that's, you know, as y'all know, at the moment, at least where my heart lies. Although I might have a nonfiction idea noodling around. So more about that, you know, in 2024 20, <laughs> or five or six. Who knows? All right. Well, this, this was great. Jenny, thanks so much for sitting down and talking about the beginning of ideas um, with me. Listeners, what can y'all do? Well, we got seven episodes coming about more ideas. We also have last summer's big giant series about uh, making a blueprint So taking that idea and really kicking the tires of it and structuring it and fleshing it out into something big. You could listen to that at the same time, or you could binge it in August and, um, and pull your idea together into something. Or you can just hang with us and spend every week, literally you could sit down for a half an hour every week, Turn everything off, put your phone away, take a walk without your AirPods, and make yourself think about your idea and not whatever is your personal stream of consciousness while dishwashing. Ha ha. ha! See how I did? I brought that one I back. I did see that. Yeah, you, you're, you'll, you'll be happy to hear that I will not be continuing the stream of consciousness dishwashing thing into following episodes. All right, so if you are not already subscribed to... The Am Writing show notes, you should be. There will be a links to everything and probably bonus materials. And when it comes to that blueprint series, the bonus materials are gold. So to do that, you can go to AmridingPodcast.com and it's it's free. We're we welcome financial support there, but you will always get everything um, there is to do with the the podcast itself and the show notes, no matter no matter what, because because that's who we are and that's what we're doing. All right. So until next week, keep your butt in a chair and your head in the game. The hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and
1: Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work.
0: You may think you know Serena Bowen, but have you seen her in action? Do you get her emails, every one of which is a tight little package of joy custom made for her readers? Or follow her on Instagram or TikTok as at Serena Bowen, where you can watch her show up with even more perfect little morsels of marketing and will almost certainly end up finding a book that you'll love. If you don't, you should get all the links at serenabowen.com. Go ahead, we'll wait.